0: You have reached Road Talk. Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at I am so glad that you are joining us again today for Road Talk and Navigating Your Journey. My name is Jacob Hawk, the host of this podcast and the Young Adults Minister here at the Press and Crest Church Christ. We are continuing in our series right now where I'm having some conversations with all of our wonderful ministry staff here at Press and Crest. Uh, so far, we have talked with John Scott Davis about worship. Last week, we had a conversation with Bob Chisholm about spiritual formation. And today we are blessed to have a conversation with Robert Stolte, who is in charge of our adult education here at Pressing Crest. Robert, we are glad that you're with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I know Robert fairly well, working with him for the last year. But Robert, why don't you tell uh, people who don't know you as well a little bit about your family and ministry and all that good stuff?
1: Well, I grew up hearing stories of my grandfather, generations back, who preached meetings in every state but five in parts of Canada. He started his preaching ministry in 1910, so he was a really big influence on my family and I think a big influence on my decision to go into the ministry. I remember spending time with him as a young boy. He passed when I was six or seven, so from an early age, I wanted to do ministry. So I went to Oklahoma Christian, graduated with a degree in preaching and a master's in ministry. I served the Ridgecrest Church of Christ in Midwest City, Oklahoma, while working on my master's and I taught as an adjunct professor in Oklahoma Christians Bible Department. Uh, Then I came to Preston Crest in the summer of 2000, serving as one of their uh, missionaries to Dresden, Germany. And then I returned to Dallas to serve in my current position as adult education in 2005. I have three children who were mostly raised among the Preston Crest Church. My youngest is 17, and she's wrapping up her junior year in high school. And I have two grandchildren who are, of course, a delight, and I'm loving every minute of being a grandfather. So that's a little bit about me and my background.
0: So a lot of different experiences from uh, preaching ministry to being an adjunct professor to living in Germany for five years. I did not know that your degree was in preaching, but that makes sense because uh, you're a very good communicator. So, Thank you. Uh, very interesting. I didn't know you were an adjunct professor either. I guess that's why you have all those books in your office. <laughs> so Robert does a fantastic job here at Pressing Crest directing our adult education ministry. And, Robert, I guess we have 16 adult Bible classes on Sunday morning that you kind of help coordinate. Yes. Um, so you know, we before the pandemic were having a little bit more than a thousand in worship and close to a thousand in Bible class. So, yeah, all ages, yes. all ages. So, um, Preston Crest knows a little bit something about education and it's seen through our wonderful adult education ministry. So, uh, Robert, when did you kind of first develop an interest in adult education for churches?
1: Well, my first experience with a strong and healthy adult education ministry was at the Memorial Road Church of Christ in Oklahoma City. Back in the 90s, the drive behind Memorial Road's ministry was equipping and empowering. And you know, that's the context of adult education. That's what it's all about, I think, equipping and empowering. It's a maturing ministry, and it's the Word of God that guides us into faith. So that's where it started for me at Memorial Road. And I've kept that emphasis in my ministry on equipping and empowering with the Word of God.
0: Yeah, uh, Memorial Road, incredible church, incredible yes. adult education as well. I love that uh, focus you're talking about in equipping and empowering, but I really like that you bring out the way that we're equipped and empowered is is through the Word of God. and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's biblical, but that's something that so many churches often overlook. How, how are we going to have the best Bible class and then the Bible's never taught? Yeah. Um, <laughs> such a tragic situation. So... I want your opinion because I I spoke to this just a second ago, and I'm the new guy here, but I've known about Preston Crest for many years, specifically their wonderful Bible class program. So how has Preston Crest earned and maintained such a great reputation over the years for Bible classes?
1: Well, we go back to the 1980s. Preston Crest invested a lot of time and energy casting the vision and organizing their adult education ministry with a view for the long term. They resisted simply adopting the latest trend – They were diligent to research, making sure they were grounding this ministry in the very Word of God that we hold up as having the answers to life's questions. And so they organized this ministry with three components, class leaders, teachers, and class members. So the class leaders focus on the care and feeding of their class members. Uh, They make sure that the Bible class is a place of learning, a place of prayer, a place of serving, and a place of belonging. Their approach is to equip and empower one another to embrace what God is teaching us from his word. That's simple. The example we follow is Moses in Exodus 33, where we find God leading Moses in an affirming way as Moses was to lead God's people. Moses had a very special relationship with the Lord, which empowered him to lead. And that's the example we hold up to our class leaders. So our class leaders embrace their role Uh, also as a servant. Another example we look to is uh, Matthew 12, where we learn that the servant of God is to reflect the Lord's own leadership style. So our leaders practice restraint, not control. Control uh, being something that had strangled the Old Testament Judaism for centuries. Uh, Our leaders are people who do more than occupy a role. They share in a process of equipping and empowering believers. So the ministry of our 72 class leaders frees people to embrace their calling in christ grounded in the word of god that's taught by our teachers and so our teachers they simply teach the faith they may or may not be a member of that particular class their sole responsibility is to teach the faith that's their mission to fulfill as a teacher Uh, god has given us a great story to tell and our teachers tell it every sunday morning colossians 2 6 and 7 encourages us uh, like this so then just as you receive Christ as Je- uh, Jesus as Lord continue to live in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness I mean, we have a body to build up Ephesians 4 12 and 13 is that familiar scripture verse that teaches us to prepare God's works uh, uh, God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And this leads us to exactly what Ephesians 12 and 13 mention, uh, 4 12 and 13, works of service. So we encourage our Bible classes to serve one another, to serve our local community and our world community. And many of those service opportunities come from within those Bible classes themselves, from the opportunities that are naturally present in and around the lives of our fellow. Of brothers and sisters so the Preston Crest leaders in the 1980s had the wisdom and foresight to bring online a ministry that has enjoyed strong loyalty and success for decades today 92% of our membership all ages is uh, enrolled in a Bible class and that number has been consistent over the long term now, they could have adopted whatever trend was emerging back then but instead they look to the Word of God to guide them and we still benefit from their good work today
0: that's quite a sales pitch. But a lot of really <laughs> <laughs> a lot of really good information in there. Um something that I found interesting, uh Robert's provided me some of his notes today, but we we talked about this. Ninety two percent of Press and Crest membership enrolled in a Bible class. And back in the I guess nineties, membership was up to how how high did it get back in the night? Close to two thousand in membership, or well, at
1: some point there you, you, we were just swarming with people, and yeah, I think it, it was around two thousand at some point. I'm not sure what it was back in in the 90s, right? But they right. Uh, Preston Crest experienced quite a bit of growth uh, through the 90s and into the early 2000s.
0: So, if you run from that 92 percent figure, which is still true today, the percentage is still there um, on Sunday morning for Bible class. That is incredible. Uh, unheard of in most places. In fact, I remember at a place where I was serving, someone mentioned to me uh, why they were not coming to Bible class, and their statement was, well, we all know that Bible class around here is just kind of the JV hour before we go into worship, and that statement, those those words, the JV hour, Hmm. have always haunted me. I mean, we can do so much better with our Bible classes than we do. It's not a warm-up session for worship. It's It's such a critical part to uh, the life of a church. One thing I I, uh, highlighted that you said, um, there's genius in the way that our adult education is organized with the class leader, teacher, member model. So there's three different roles in a Bible class, a class leader that kind of cares for the spiritual well-being of that particular class, then the person actually bringing the instruction, and then the class itself. But you said that one thing you want class leaders to do is embrace their role as a servant, um, not controlling the class. And you said control being something that strangled Old Testament Judaism for centuries. Can you expound on that a little bit more? What you mean by that?
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's an approach to leadership that we might call micromanagement or uh, in a very controlling way where you come up with things for uh, people to do. But one of the things I've noticed along the way that our class leaders do so well is they realize that these members of their class belong to God. He's the one who created them. He's the one who's preparing them. He's equipping and empowering them through his word for some unique things to do. So it's not just sending around a sign-up sheet. Mm -hmm. It's helping that individual realize what God is doing in their life individually as well as corporately and supporting them in doing that mm-hmm. and so i wouldn't be able to discern what god is doing in your life but together we can make some sense of that and then take steps to embrace that and to grow into that more fully and so the class leaders here at Preston Crest, 72 of them serve alongside their members uh, they delegate a lot of their responsibilities. They make sure that one of the things back in the 80s that uh, was discovered was that if our if our men and women who were especially gifted and they had the skills, talents, and and desire to lead and to serve, if they were mm-hmm. allowed to do that that would create such a cohesion in these groups that they wouldn't want to leave it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, when you look at the cohesion and the loyalty to these groups, it's fierce. Mm -hmm. And there are people who, if if for some reason they had to leave their Bible class, they just have a hard time finding another one because they're so unique. In fact, uh, our former minister, our preaching minister here for many years, used to say over and over again, these classes are like little churches. Mm-hmm. They have their leadership, they have their own mission. They work together with everybody else right but, uh, but they they really are like little churches, little fellowships where you feel so connected and you feel like that's where you belong.
0: and that idea of empowering people um, from the class leader down to the class, I think goes from the top down to the bottom with our eldership. They need to be committed for that that they empower class leaders that they trust to help spiritually oversee a particular class, and then they can obviously get involved when they need more shepherding. But that's part of great leadership is delegation and trust and letting people find their power and their potential.
1: And they've done a phenomenal job. Absolutely. They really have.
0: So let's um, let's get a little bit more wide look at this and get away from Press and Crest. This is not uh, just commercial for Press and Crest, but... Hey, Preston Crest does this very well. When we think about adult education in general for churches across the
1: country, what should adult education
0: really be about?
1: Deeper immersion in the story of Jesus and its implications. Reading the story, studying the story, applying the story, retelling the story, celebrating the story obeying the Lord, walking in love, Ephesians 2.10, for we are His creative work, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we can do them. Ephesians 5.2, live in love, just as Christ also loved us and gave Himself for us as a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. And I'll, I'll share one more, Titus 2.14, He gave Himself for us to set us free, From every kind of lawlessness and to purify for himself a people who are truly his who are eager to do good and I could keep going deeper immersion in the story of Jesus and its implications that's what adult education I think should be about in whatever form it takes
0: I really appreciate your answer and the um, substance to it looking back on what you said (laughs) <laughs> reading the story, studying the story, applying the story, retelling the story, celebrating the story, all of those answers come back to getting into the text. And that, that is such an elementary principle, but again, we've already alluded to this, so widely forgotten. Adult education is about getting into the Word, about Scripture, and everything you mentioned there, you can't read the story or study the story or apply the story or retell a story if you never open the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I appreciate the way that that you phrase that. Um, so back to education, and I guess this is true for all arenas of education, but you have to appeal to different learning styles, and that's no different for a church. Not everyone is a visual learner. Not everyone's an auditory learner. Not everyone relishes in Old Testament studies, or they may say we want something a little bit more than just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So when it comes to adult education for a church, how do you paint with a broad brush and minister to different learning styles?
1: Well, you want to take some encouragement from the Word of God on just that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 10, for the Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We know that each of our Bible classes have a unique personality as a group, and so we know the best approach for each group is going to be different. And while we invest time and effort in understanding our audience, we're conveying the Word of God, which is living and active. So we're not alone in this we put in good effort, but God is there with us as we're making the effort uh, to convey his thoughts from his word. So we emphasize the value of learning together as a body. And if we're all engaged, if we're all putting effort into this, the input, the questions and comments given by members of the class will be both valuable and instructive. Mm -hmm. A teacher can only do so much. Um, I'm just amazed at how many times that some of the best lessons are taught by the people themselves as they struggle and wrestle and learn together with uh, Scripture. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me that, yeah, the Word of God is living and active. If we simply put effort, our best effort, into conveying that and sharing that Word, I think God's Spirit does a lot of that work uh, for us.
0: Very intentional. Um, And particularly with the participation of the class, as you've noted here, another part of intentional planning is not just the instruction, but the curriculum itself. So how do you build curriculum, uh, schedule out class topics? How does that work with 16 different adult Bible classes?
1: Yeah, well, each well each Bible class has curriculum leaders who focus on a specific curriculum path for their class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the class leaders or task leaders are responsible for scheduling the teachers, uh, while the adult education executive leadership equips and empowers these leaders to do their work effectively. It's almost like facilitating 16 different adult education ministries when you think about the uniqueness of each group, uh, different life stages, so on, so on and so forth. Uh, The ministry as a whole is made up of uh, over 70 class leaders, over 80 teachers, 100 plus task leaders. So it's quite a system of people working together at different levels to address each group in the very best possible way to assist them in going deeper into the story of Jesus and understanding the implications along the way. I wish it were as easy as to have one plan for 16 groups, but it's not. We have to have 16 plans uh, for those groups if we're really going to, to put our best effort into reaching that specific group.
0: So just to clarify from a leadership model, you have Robert Stolte, who's the adult education minister, but then you have over 70 class leaders, um, over 80 teachers, And these class leaders and these 80 teachers, they help figure out what their class needs to study. And then you have an adult education executive leadership committee that works with these leaders as well, trying to formulate the adult education program.
1: Right. And I I have to say our, our class leaders and our task leaders, they have such a sense of ownership and commitment Uh, to what we're doing, that there are class leaders who will interview me as if I'm applying for a job before they let (laughs) me teach them. Right, right. So this is big church model. Um,
0: We need to understand that. So, you know, a small church out in rural America is not going to have an adult education executive leadership committee with 70 different class leaders and 80 different teachers, and they certainly aren't going to have just a person on staff who devotes all of his time to adult education. But what we do here in this is it's more than just um, Brother Joe who has been a retired school teacher and he just throws together a plan for the church. There's a lot of um, cohesiveness. There's a lot of cooperation. There's a lot of planning of multiple minds to develop something that works for press and crest and, most importantly, glorifies God. Absolutely. Right. Um, And, unfortunately, adult education just kind of gets thrown to the back burner in so many congregations and people vote with their feet. <laughs> That's why people don't come for class, uh, because it's obvious it's just an afterthought. It's not intentional, and uh, numbers show that, and spiritual growth of a congregation shows that as well. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about Press and Crest model. We've kind of talked about how churches should develop models, plan curriculum. Let's talk about the teaching side of it. Um, People don't come out of the womb being a good Bible class teacher. Even if you have natural ability, you develop that ability over time, uh, you get trained, you have people encourage you. So if someone is listening to this and they say, man, I really want to be a Bible class teacher for my church, how does one start the process of becoming an effective Bible class teacher?
1: Our most effective teachers are those who spend months with a passage of Scripture before teaching it. Mm. Uh, they show up well prepared to engage their class effectively and i see them just putting effort into it they don't have to pull it off perfectly and i remind them we don't need great teaching we've got a great story we just need good teaching this is the word of god it's living and it's active you put that effort into it and you're going to see results in the lives of people i've also noticed uh, that teachers who take a humble approach Mm -hmm and put effort into their own walk with God, are able to encourage class members with greater effectiveness because they've lived it. They're teaching to the limit of their faith, and that's another thing. If there's a passage of Scripture you don't understand, don't teach it right. until you're comfortable with it. Right. Scripture tells us if you have the gift of teaching, teach to the limit of your faith. So the time one spends with God and the time one spends in preparation are two keys to being an effective teacher i would i would probably add that you know if you you want to improve find a teacher Mm -hmm. that you like and that you that resonates with you and let that teacher mentor you in some way
0: i really appreciate your answer and that's one thing i appreciate so much about our ministry staff here even though we all work in different areas it's evident that people are prepared before they present or communicate um and we had this conversation a couple weeks ago with john scott davis you know when you walk into a worship gathering where the song leader picked his songs on the way to worship that morning or on the front pew before worship began. John Scott Davis does a great job Yes, um, planning, making it thematic. Uh, you do a great job with adult education. I mean, it's just uh, Rebecca, Brian, the whole ministry staff understands the importance of uh, preparation and also having that relationship with the Lord outside of that moment and that hour uh, on Sunday morning. So, what should be the top three goals when a church develops their adult education plan?
1: Well, number one, tell the story. Make sure the story of Jesus is of first importance. Tell the story often, deepen and develop the story, as Second Peter three eighteen says: "Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." Tell the story and retell the story. Make that central. Number two, care for the flock. Release your class leaders to be what I call under shepherds who are ever watchful. Uh, They're lovingly tending to the flock. They are prayerful and careful uh, for the well-being of their class members. Yes, our elders are doing that, uh, but our class leaders are assisting them in doing that. And it's really I think that's the ingredient Mm -hmm. that draws people uh, to class along with the teaching, but those together have done a phenomenal uh, work together. And then number three, engage the story. Active ministry involvement, serving the needs of others, leadership training when it's necessary. Assist one another in discovering what God is calling them to do and actually support them in doing it. Uh, This is very different than, like I said, sending around a sign-up sheet. God calls us into service. What is he calling each person Uh, to do and all the while be cultivating an environment of grace because the more active we are the more opportunities to share the grace of God with one another they're going to be another word for that is conflict management Mm
0: -hmm. absolutely (laughs) um and I love the variation there tell a story that's the instruction part caring for the flock that's being involved in the lives of the people but engaging the story is hey putting this into practice if we really believe this we've got to live it um And that involves service and training others. And again, as you so rightly said, sometimes working through a little bit of conflict. Uh, What is a good church without some good conflict? They don't exist.
1: Hey, let me say this really quick about the service part. So many of our ministries here at Preston Crest developed out of a calling that one person stepped up to answer. Mm -hmm. And so class leaders aren't really supposed to come up with things for their class members to do. But we're to as a group make the effort to realize what 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 are our opportunities, what is God calling us to do. And there's just something about that approach that is really effective right. and contagious. And I think God blesses that because He's He's got He has a calling for us and we're putting effort into to reaching that. So again, it's not coming up with a list of just work to do. Right. But what is God calling us to do?
0: Right. Okay, well, let's pretend here that Robert Stolte is going to write a book about adult education, um, and not just a book about what you should do, but what you shouldn't do. Um, Question number eight, what are some of the biggest mistakes that churches make? Uh, when striving to formulate a really, really good adult education plan?
1: Well, let me mention first, my answer is only for those churches who want and desire to, you know, a strong and healthy Bible class ministry for adults on Sunday morning. I'm not speaking to churches who take a different approach. There's more than one approach. Uh, this is our approach, so I'm not lifting this up as the only approach. So let me just say that before I answer this. Uh, To those churches who would like to have a strong and healthy Bible class ministry for adults on Sunday mornings, I think the biggest mistake right now is cutting class. Nine out of 10 American churches who once prioritized uh, their Sunday morning Bible classes for adults, they still see it as important, but they don't see it as a priority. Uh, There's something about weekly consistent meetings with good biblical content, balance with the care, fellowship, and service that we talked about that the class leader approach provides that helps a ministry like this earn loyalty and participation that looks like in our case, 92% of our membership being enrolled in a Bible class. So don't cut class, make it a priority. Uh, There are things that you can only do within a Bible class that you can't do with a small group and that you can't get from corporate uh, worship service. Uh, So don't cut class. Next, it's too easy to chase the hottest topics of the day. Uh, we've had classes do this and their attendance suffers because they go through months of topical studies. Yet when they uh, go back to a study of scripture, like the book of Romans or the book of Revelation, I mean, just name your book, attendance goes back up and it's sustained. So it's a big mistake to neglect a balanced curriculum path uh, for your Bible class. Topical uh, classes are okay, but when they're overused, in in my experience, they tend to uh, uh, hurt the uh, the class. Um, I'll mention one other thing, and that's the dynamic between the class leaders and the teachers. These two dynamics, if balanced, work together well. If out of balance, a, cl- a class tends not to do so well. For example, if a class leader uh, is doing too much class business during class time, uh, that I mean that could be something good, like prayer. Uh, the teaching is diminished simply because there's not enough time for the teacher to engage the class. Um, If it's the other way around and all you have is a teacher-led environment absent of member care or fellowship, the group tends not to do so well. So effort must be put into balancing uh, these two within the system.
0: One word that kept coming up in that is balance, uh, which is such a critical part to really all of Christian faith is finding balance in things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus was the master of finding balance. John one fourteen came full of grace and truth. So... Yeah, let, let's let's go off script for just a second. How how do we get out of balance in adult education? I mean, just nuts and bolts.
1: You know, there's so many pressing needs. You know, when something happens within a class and they lose a class member suddenly, for instance, which has happened, devote the entire classroom or the the class period to prayer. Mm -hmm. You have to be flexible. But over the long term, you know, our mission as an adult education program is to teach the faith. And so, and you know, our prayer needs are so—I mean, we've got lists a mile long because we have needs. Uh, But if we devote all of our time to prayer consistently, we're not getting the teaching. And I don't know if that's not a clever trick on Satan's part to get us distracted by something that is good and we neglect the nourishment uh, and the feeding that we can get Mm -hmm. from the Word of God. Mm -hmm. The adult education Sunday morning program isn't going to do it for people. What we do there has got to take root in their hearts so that they're motivated to go seek more and Mm -hmm. to become self-feeders. Right. Right.
0: And as I sit here and think about how the Bible's organized and the different types of literature that are within one book, you have creation literature, you have law, you have stories of battles and wars and kings, and then you have prophets and preaching and you have the story of Jesus, and then you have instructions on Christian living, and you have the beginning of the church, and then toward the end you get into the, you know, apocryphal part of the Bible. Finding balance, the Bible doesn't give just one type of educational experience, oh, and absolutely, I think church is... Get out of balance when they develop the mindset let's just focus on you know kind of the 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 big statement many years ago let's just read through the red letters and what they meant by that is let's just focus on the story of jesus and everybody loves the story of jesus but you know this almost sounds blasphemous when you (laughs) make this statement but if the only scripture you're getting is the story of jesus you're spiritually going to starve Uh, Jesus himself in John 17 alludes to the fact that anything of Scripture is truth, anything is sanctified from the Word of God. We need to be studying all of it, Um, and that's true for preaching, that's true for adult education, that's true for young adults ministry that I work with. You have to have a holistic understanding uh, of the Bible, and I appreciate, Robert, your commitment to that for our adult education here at Pressing Crest. How do you develop and train future teachers? This is something every church struggles with. We need more teachers. We need more teachers. We need more teachers. Well, how do we do that? How do we train more teachers?
1: Well, our approach is twofold. We encourage teacher-to-teacher mentoring, and we support a teacher's own initiative to deepen their knowledge and approach to teaching. So, for instance, we invest in digital libraries for teachers to use. We provide other resources as needed, whatever we can do to encourage a teacher and we stumbled upon something within the past year or so through bob chisholm's spiritual formation ministry whatever experience these men and women are having with spiritual formation it's bringing them to the point of saying i've got something that i just have to share and we're seeing teachers emerge uh, out of that uh, good ministry as well. Another thing we're doing at the moment is uh, partnering with teachers to provide featured series that lends to either teacher to teacher mentoring or small groups of teachers working together to encourage and help one another accomplish the task of teaching. So it's a very relational approach and it's a very effective one.
0: So, said in another way, uh, layman terms, our approach here at Preston Crest is not to take someone, throw them into the deep end, and say, learn how to swim. It's very intentional of taking someone under your wing and a good teacher training another teacher, uh, which is certainly a biblical concept. I think a lot of people don't want to teach Bible class because they've had the other experience of a church just saying, hey, you've got a quarter on Romans, and they've never taught a Bible class before, and it's a terrible experience for them as a teacher. It's a terrible experience for the class, and guess what? They don't ever do it again.
1: You know we have to be very, very careful with this because the scripture actually conveys this idea. You need to be serious about this. Think about this before you get into it. Right. Don't let many of you be teachers. Mm-hmm. You're going to be judged differently. The responsibility is 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 huge. And so we want to make sure that uh, our young men growing up, for instance, have that desire. They have that gift i guess Mm -hmm. or calling and so we don't want to push people in places maybe where god's not calling them you know to serve
0: yeah i really wish james had not written those words in james 3 1 because that's kind (laughs) of a hard selling pitch for training teachers because they say well didn't the bible say something about teachers being judged more harshly Uh yeah okay last question robert great information today i've been asking all of our ministers this question what would you tell yourself of 30 years ago um, about this area of ministry of education and teaching.
1: Well, I would take myself back to Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, where we're reminded that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So set aside every other book, every other voice, every other method, every other approach. This passage passage from Ephesians is what's happening. The church as we see it is not the church as God sees it. Uh, We as a body of believers have been crucified. We've been buried with him in baptism. We have risen with him in newness of life and we'll be with Christ in his glory. All of this and more is applied to the church as a body. And so, as I read the New Testament, I see churches that are being called to be more than what they presently are. So, can we grow and mature in Christ? If not, there's no reason to have adult education in any form. So, I want to remind ourselves, and I would go back and remind myself, uh, of God's kindness that leads to the body of Christ, um, to a life, to living a life uh, for Him. Psalm 133 and 4 says, If you, O Lord, were to keep track of my sins, O Lord, who could stand before you? But you are willing to forgive so that you might be honored. Mm. It's all about teaching the faith. And I'll mention, you've already interviewed Bob Chisholm, but the accompanying part of that is forming the faithful. And uh, that's what Bob is doing so well. Yes, he... uh...
0: He's a very talented man, as are you, Brother Stolte. And uh, we appreciate you giving us some of your time today to talk about adult education. I want to thank uh, Robert for being on today and thank you for listening today. Hope you'll come back and keep joining us as we continue to have a conversation with each minister here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ. I want to close today by reminding you that here at Road Talk... We want to help you get ready, navigate your journey of life, and as always, keep your eyes on heaven. And we will talk to you next time.